Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast. Snap, crackle and cheap pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine. His real name's Dave Appleton. You might know him as uh, the Disciple. So uh, Dave, Disciple, how you doing, mate? I'm very good, thanks, Phil. How you doing? I'm not too shabby. I'm uh, surviving Zombieland uh, pretty well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm things like I'm living with the missus at the minute, and we weren't quite ready to move in together. So we're kind of oh, like it's tough, mate. It, isn't it? It's tough. It is. It's very, <laughs> very weird. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's very weird. It, it's thrown us all in at the deep end. I think. Oh, it does. Yeah. Nine months from now, people are going to be very single or very pregnant. One of the two. Yeah, or, or divorced, or not go through your marriage like I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. So, so, I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, the past year for you. I mean, when was uh, we're going to chuck you in right at the deep end? You're an MTV star. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't particularly say star, but yes, I've uh, I've been on MTV. Yeah, hey, you starred on MTV. <laughs> that counts. That counts. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Well, it's MTV. I could. I couldn't really sort of turn down the chance. Uh, and at the time, it was just something I couldn't really say no to, you know, to get a bit of exposure. And I think for for any anyone, uh, whether it be in wrestling or whatever, you know, if, if there's an opportunity to get yourself out and about and promote yourself, then obviously you're going you're gonna to do it, aren't you? So I, I went for it. I mean, pretty much, I mean, obviously we'll get into the wrestling side of things um, in a little bit, because I know obviously that's going to take up the, the, the chunk of the conversation. But how did yep. the MTV deal come around? Because you, you hadn't... I'm guessing you had to be quite secretive about it. Yeah, so so I had to keep it quiet for for quite a while. I mean, I I filmed it in I think it was um, early May time last year, and then it didn't get shown until October. So I had to keep quiet for for a long time. I had to sign a like a disclosure. Um, basically, I was uh, I've done a, a couple of um, TVs and, and film sort of background artist stuff before. Um, and I was contacted by a producer, seeing if I was uh, would be interested on uh, going on to a new dating show. Um, and being single at the time, I thought, well, I'm not really getting any luck elsewhere, so I might as well go on TV and see if I can uh, get lucky. Um, <laughs> the, all the details were very coy; they couldn't say who, who, what channel it was, and uh, who's presenting, and this, that, and the other. Uh, they basically just sort of said, you know, it's a dating show. We find a match for you, and then see how it goes from there. That was literally all I agreed on to start with because I did, they, they couldn't tell me anything else. Um, and then, yeah, and then when they, they, they called me about a month later and sort of said, uh, we, found, <laughs> we found a perfect match for you. We want you to come down to Manchester and, and film this show. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, the, the, the funny thing is I didn't actually, on the, on the actual day, I didn't want to go down to film because I just couldn't be bothered. I thought, oh, it's, it's probably going to be terrible and, <laughs> you know, I just sort of I all these these things in my head saying, "Oh, you don't want to do it. You make you're gonna make a tit of yourself." You know, um, but then yeah, so so I eventually went, and then obviously it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, like, did you have to like send in um, like a, like an audition kind of video kind of thing? Yeah, well, I had to um, I had to have a Skype interview with one of the producers, um, and obviously. You know, I was I was running a pub at the time, and you sort of talk a bit about your life, and then when it, when it comes up to things like you know hobbies and stuff, um, as you know yourself, when you talk to people, pro wrestling isn't <laughs> something that many people will hear about. So when when I said that, they were like, "Oh, that that's a bit different." Like, tell us a bit about that. And uh, so yeah, so then part of 
part of my audition was uh, that I had to cut a promo on why I should be wow. selected for the show. So, uh, so yeah, so that could have potentially been, I don't know, the, the, the main reason I got in. Who knows? Well, you don't get a bigger and better endorsement than that. I mean, you literally cut a promo for MTV and it got you, yeah. got you on TV. That's, that's as high an endorsement as you can get. Well, if they can get me any other jobs, then I'll, I'll cut a promo for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, I was, I was speaking to, uh, to Ryan Myatt about this, um, saying, like, in the West, we love people that can cut really good promo. Not necessarily good promo, but... Just be a good talker, be entertaining, have a great voice. Something yeah. that I've not particularly got. I mean, I'd have to say, like, I hate hearing my voice. But <laughs> we love talkers in, in Western wrestling. And yeah. not, not even necessarily just in wrestling. If you look at bad guys in TV shows, we like talkers. Alan Rickman's probably the best there's ever going to be. Yeah. Everything yeah. he touched, you can you can instantly quote Negan in The Walking Dead, fantastic talker. Yeah, and you end yeah. up liking him. The, the 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 Joker's probably a famous one as well. Yeah, absolutely um, agree, totally. And and I think it's one of them things that uh, no matter how good you are in the ring, and this is something like I've done various training sessions, and I always try and teach them. There's a lot of people that can teach you moves, but. I don't know if there's anyone that could get people talking. It's either got to be either in you or it's not. You can get better at talking, but yeah. I think it's something naturally that it needs to fire up from within you to, to talk and to be captivating. Even oh, if course, you see yeah. the hell out of people pushing that direction, if you're very entertaining, pushing that direction. If you've naturally very charming and the women like you, push yourself in that direction. Needless to say, the latter, I wasn't... <laughs> that's not that's not my strong suit. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And it's um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll put my hands. I'll be the first person to put my hands up and say, you know what? I'm not a, I'm not a fantastic wrestler, but what I do like doing is I like talking. I like interacting with the crowd, you know. And I, I sort of without sort of blowing my own trumpet, you know. I, th- I feel like I can get over that way by yeah. by talking and 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 my actions rather than my wrestling. Yeah, well, like, one thing that because. I don't remember, this is going to sound bad, but I don't remember the first time, because I would have seen you on shows, because I, I used to come up to uh, RWA quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think the first time I actually properly met you was the day after WrestleMania one year. That's right, I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd come into the pub that you were running, and I was, I don't I don't like making a habit of this thing, but I was with, it's me and uh, Kim Rocks, Kim and we're Rocks both, yeah. both very, very hungover. We walked in wearing sunglasses, and if you wear sunglasses indoors, you're either a wrestler bad, yeah. or you're an idiot. And luckily, we were both. <laughs> and we were hungover. We'd done a party till 4 a.m., 5 a.m. at a walkabout in Hanley the night before. Very hungover. When he gets some breakfast, we come walking into uh, the Capel Lounge where you were running. Yeah. And you were kind of like looking at us a little bit, and we were trying to order some food. And you're like, oh, I actually know you. And I'm bad with that anyway when people come up and yeah. they kind of recognize <laughs> You a bit more than you recognise them, and that I'm I'm terrible at that anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I usually am, to be fair. It, it's it's difficult though, isn't it? You're trying to remember their real name, their character name, where you know them from, and yeah, yeah. It's been there many times before. Yeah, I mean, you, you must be in the same boat as me. At some point, at some show, you've been up, and if they've got like a lot of trainees, and the trainees all wear the same kind of thing, whether it's you know, trainee t-shirts, whatever, and yeah. you said hello to the same guy more than once, 
Oh yeah, or you've said nice to meet you many times to him, and they was like, "Oh, I've already met you, mate." I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, that's bad. That is. That is bad. But um, so that would have been the first time I actually properly met you. But I'm pretty certain yeah. I would have seen you at shows beforehand. But I, I never a couple, to, yeah, yeah. I never used to stay behind and say hello to people. Now I, I quite I get used to sticking behind at the end of a show and going up and saying hello to people. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to. Yeah, it must have been an RWA show. It, it probably it, was. Yeah, to be fair. Um. So like so. Let's get. We'll go right to the to the very 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 beginning. So, what actually led to you to signing up with a wrestling training school? Because some people just want to be a fan; they just want to watch it. Some people <coughs> want to be a fan, talk about it, yeah. act like they know what they're going on about. But it takes something to actually go to the school, get that first lesson under your belt, and to come back twice, three times, four times. Yeah, what, no, it does. Yeah, what did um, that led you to kind of go? You know what? I'm going to take the leap from fan to performer. Well, I've always been a fan of wrestling since I was quite little, anyway. Um, and I'm I'm originally from Portsmouth. Um, so I found a. Uh, I was big into wrestling down there, and at the time it was um, FWA. So you had like Mark Sloan, Donny Storm, um, yeah. you know Doug Williams, all those kind of guys that were sort of based in my local area. Uh, FWA was run out of Portsmouth, um, so I was kind of sort of interested in getting into to training there. And then um, someone contacted me about a training school in Halen Island, which is uh, a town not so far away from from uh, from where I lived. Uh, it's called Halen Island Wrestling. So I went down and did a did a couple of training sessions. And as as most people will sort of tell you, when if you've been a fan of the business. Uh, and then you go in, you sort of go in as a fan and you don't expect it to be as demanding as you as it as it is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the first couple of <laughs> sessions I had, I was like, well, this is uh, this is pretty intense. And I was only young at the time. I must have been, I don't know, 17, 18. So, yeah, so I, I sort of had a bit of a, a, a bite into it, which I, I, I did enjoy. Uh, I moved away from the area and I, and I moved up to crew. And there was nothing around at the time because I was still looking to try and find something. But I was looking sort of within the crew area, not sort of yeah. out further. Because obviously I'm not from the area. I didn't really know many places around. And then I saw an advert in my, my local shop for uh, a wrestling call that was starting up in crew. That was called, I think it's called GB Pro Wrestling. So uh, it was Zach Diamond or, or Jack Ray and Kieran McConnell that were doing the training classes. So I did that for, for a little bit. And then uh, I actually saw RWA advertised on Facebook. And I thought, oh, this is great. This, you know, it's a school. Because uh, at the time, GB Pro Wrestling, I think it folded. It didn't didn't last, last long. It was, yeah. uh, I think, a, a few training sessions and that was it. There was nothing really else. So, yeah, so I saw RWA, contacted RWA, uh, went down to Runcorn for a training session. And it was really good. You know, I, I felt welcome straight away. felt part of the family straight away. Everyone was really nice to me. Um, I did tell Andy uh, at the time that I've done like a little bit, but not too much. So yeah, and that that was pretty much the start of it, really. And it's just you know the rest is history. I'm going to have to ask because this is something that whenever we talk about training schools and yeah, like as, as you hit the nail on the head, you go into it as a fan. Like I was when I signed up, I knew I was going to be learning a lot of basic stuff. Like when my trainer was very ground game kind of based and I thought yeah. oh, I'm, going to get, I'm going to get to learn all these cool moves and that just yeah, wasn't, yeah. That no, just wasn't the case it's like you're not getting in the ring until you've done uh, some mat work and like 
Okay, yep. you're doing roles, you're forward roles like you like you did in PE and primary school. And yeah, yeah. This, what I've seen on TV, but it is what you've seen on TV. It's just that's your foundation, and then everything kind yeah. of goes on top of that. But you kind of go and expect, oh, today I'm going to learn pedigrees, and that's just <laughs> yeah. not the case. While yeah. you're at the uh, the training, or either the training schools, did anybody happen to walk in with a championship belt over their shoulder? Um. <laughs> Uh, as it, as in like a, a replica one or, or their yeah. own sort of uh, their own sort of their own sort of company one or oh well, so like a like a replica belt oh uh, um not that I know of no not that I know of <laughs> I've seen I've seen I've seen it once and it was one of those moments where I'd been at um so I started with BWA in Stoke under Chris Curtis and uh, Tim Wiley was like the sort of co-trainer and yep. I'd have been there maybe two years and. Within six, seven months, I was put on shows. I was got uh, a really good dickhead in a suit, as he liked to call me. Um, yeah. <laughs> which, which is a weird compliment. Because nothing's compliment. changed, really, has it? <laughs> no, literally nothing. Now I'm just a sweaty dickhead in a suit. So, uh, <laughs> but um, and so I've been there for about a year and a half, two years. And I was kind of like one of those guys that he could depend on. I was always there early to, to get, set yep. the ring up. I was one of the last people out, that kind of thing. And a new trainee walked in. He had wrestling t-shirt on which is fine you know that that's perfectly fine but that yep. he was wrestling kind of like three-quarter length trousers they were like undertaker trousers yeah <laughs> wwe socks wwe shoes he had like a hardy boys necklace he had uh, uh, i think he had a dx cap and then a wwe belt over oh, his God. shoulder <laughs> and the and he, and he got, kind of got there it I think it was 12 o'clock, but anyone that had been there before knew you'd get there at 11 to set the ring up, ready set to up, start. Yeah. So we were all there, ready. We'd set the ring up. We just uh, were doing some drills, just warming up. And he walked in, and none of us wanted to say nothing, but it was one of those <laughs> impending doom moments. We were yeah. oh, this is going to end badly. It's going to end really badly. To, uh, to, to beast anybody, but you just knew that after you'd been once or twice, you drop all that WWE stuff yeah, off. absolutely. Come in in your regular trackies, in muscle vests and whatever, that's fine, but no logos on anything, no belts, no... Yeah. You weren't a fan from, from two training sessions onwards, but... He obviously didn't know that, and he'd come walking in, he had the belt. I saw, I saw he even had sunglasses on, and I know I started this out by saying sunglasses indoors makes you a dickhead. It does make you a dickhead. <laughs> but he just had it, like the all WWE kit, and all of us kind of like trying to not make eye contact. Yeah, he, yeah. He was trying to be dead friendly and trying to make some friends, and we're trying to say hello, but not look like we know him too much, because we know he's going to end up getting beasted. And Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's what he made him do. The the trainer made him run on the treadmill while carrying the belt <laughs> over his shoulders. Is that oh, gosh. extra weight? Oh, yeah, I, I mean it, it is. It's, it's true though. I mean, like, like it's, it's, I don't think you like say when you're a fan, you don't realise. You just sort of see it on TV and think, oh, that's easy. Most people do, and that and that's why it infuriates me sometimes when I see people say that, uh, like watch it and they think, oh, that's easy. It's just you know, it's a crash mat or it, it doesn't hurt. You know, I don't think people realise and truly understand what it takes to be a professional wrestler and what you've got to go through. And you know, yes, yes, we all know it's predetermined. No one's trying to say that it's not. But everything that you do in the ring hurts. When you get slammed on the mat, it hurts. When you run against the turnbuckles, it hurts. 
Um, so, yeah, so I don't think you realise when you first go in, you think it's sort of all going to be, you know, fun and uh, <laughs> enjoyable, but it's, it's not all the time. And, you know, it does take its toll on your body. I think the one thing that really surprised me about training, I mean, we started training, it was a 13-foot ring. Yeah, and, that's really and small. Yeah, and I'm 6'1", so... Like, if you get me down on the mat and I'm in, a, like, a Boston Crab, you had to really know how to work to make you look like you couldn't really grab the rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, I'm quite glad for that sort of thing. But the one thing that really caught me off guard, I assumed, because I thought the turnbuckles, okay, fair enough, that's, it's going to jar your spine a bit. Taking a body slam, that's going to jar your spine a bit. But the ropes, surely the rope's going to be, like, bouncing off marshmallows. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, when, I, you, I when you're doing, like... Yeah, when when you're doing like um, the crisscrossing, just backwards and forwards for like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and you're working with the other person, so you're trying to time it with the other person. You need to get your cardio up to max the other person's cardio, and your yeah. back just gets like you've been barbecued or you've been Burger King. So you get no, these lines does, yeah. on your back. How is this hurt? Oh, or, it does. I mean, I, I bruise like a peach anyway, so. Any time after a match, you look at my back and it looks like I've been whipped or something. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do, you do get a few questions. Whoever you're going out with at the time does ask I know, a few yeah. questions. Are you, um, sure, are you sure this is wrestling? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I was actually going through a few pictures on my phone the other day with, with my fiance, and I actually took a picture of my back from the first time I was in um, a rumble. And I had marks all over my back and... It looked awful. And then she's like, who's that? Who done that? And I was like, it's from wrestling. Like, it's, I promise you, it's from wrestling. It's, it's not like because I was with anyone. It's from wrestling. So, no, it does, uh, yeah, it does take its toll. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's one of them things. It, it's, uh, I think Ryan Meyer said, like, I, I picked him purposefully because I thought yeah, he's got such a unique story being you know, the son of a, of a living legend. Yeah, yep. a lot of people oh, Keith, will, get, yep. yeah, will get on it, Ryan, about, oh, if it wasn't for Keith, Ryan wouldn't be where he's at. And I thought that's such a good story to tell. So um, one thing that I did pick up from uh, Ryan is that his older brother started training before he did. And he oh, could, okay. his older brother's name is Scott. And Scott was, um, <coughs> he wanted to get into wrestling just like his dad, of course, as you know, a lot of young boys do. They want to follow in their dad's footsteps. Yeah. And Scott openly admits he couldn't cut it. He, he, he got beasted. I mean, this, we're talking... Early to mid nineties, so things were a bit more. Or where do I where do I want to use um, <laughs> less less? I'm, I know I'm trying to be very politically correct. Yeah, people, I know. <laughs> people, people were to give you a bit of a beastie and a bit of a good idea at training. That's just one of them things. Yeah. And uh, Ryan told a brother he couldn't hack it. He, he said to to Keith and to Ryan after the first session, he's not up for it. He got beaten up. His back was in tatters, his knees were in tatters. But Ryan literally got beaten up as well. And his mum says, oh, well, you were, are you done? He said, no, no, I got beaten up, but I'm going back for more tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of them, wrestling's a very strange discipline. And I think the word discipline, I think that's perfect for wrestling because you are getting beaten up. Oh, yeah. Uh, of, I, I don't know how to describe I think someone, I think it might have been actually Keith Myatt that said to me, he said, if you watch... Only fools and horses. And when Dalboy falls through the bar, it's like a very infamous scene yeah. where he like falls through the bar, he's in a bar with Trigger and he falls through. Yeah. It says, well, David Jason knew there was a crash mat, but in an interview he said like it's instinct for your body to put the hands down yeah. and to, to break your fall. Now in wrestling, you have to, 
discipline your body and discipline your mind that thinks quicker than you can think. Yeah. So say, no, no, it's cool. I'm going to land on my back, but as long as I tuck my chin in, I will be safe. Just yeah, trust. Yeah. And your body learns a new muscle memory of sorts. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I totally agree. Discipline yeah. of pro wrestling. Um, I mean, it, it's come in handy a few times. I'm not going to lie. So I don't drink that often, but occasionally I've <laughs> out and I have turned it into a role. I'm like, yeah, nice one for that body. Nice one for that brain. You've, uh... Yeah, do you know what? It, it really does. It's, it, it really does. It's, it's, uh, it, it does. It's just sort of, I don't know, when, you, when you've been doing it for a few years and like you say, it, it's kind of just like you do it automatically. Yeah, no, I, I it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it, I could easily go in the ring and just take loads of bumps and then or get thrown around. But then, like I say, you know how to how you're gonna land, and you know what to do. So, no, it's it's good. Yeah, I think that I think a lot of people would benefit from even if they don't necessarily like professional wrestling, being told that they've got to win a match or lose a match because not a lot of people take losing matches terribly well. They look at you. Know, I'm the biggest person. Why should I lose? Well, yeah. That's not what I'm telling you to do. And I think yeah. Bill Goldberg's probably a good example of that. If you've seen him on the um, Broken School Sessions with Steve Austin, and, his, and he kind of put across it because he's, I mean, there's no denying it, he's an absolute beast. He's yeah. a Jack, yeah, obviously Jack Job, proper superstar, athletic, all the athletics of the world. But if he's going to be told he's going to lose, he's going to kind of wrestle with his conscience a little bit and think, why have I got to lose? I'm the biggest dude here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, see, see, that's something I, I mean, I, I, I don't agree with. I mean, I'm quite happy losing, you know, the way that I see it is that I do everything for the business and for the fans. Um, you know, so if, it, if I get, go out there and get told that I've got to lose, you know, seven days a week to make the other guy look good and for the fans to come back again, I'll do it. You know, at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, the promoter wants me to do something. I'll, you know, I'll do it. You know, you know within reason. Um, yeah. My my job as a heel is to get the face over. Um, you know, so it's, you know, a lot of people say have said that to me before when I spoke to people, and they say, especially when I was working in pubs and stuff, and I tell them about wrestling, they're like, oh, are you losing again today? I'm like, oh, well, I don't know, but you know, probably am. And, and they're like, oh, how, <laughs> how, how can how can you keep losing? Now, I'm on, but at the end of the day, it's a show. It's an entertainment. If that's what will entertain people the fact that the bad guy gets his ass kicked and, and and beat around the ring and then the good guy wins i said then i'm going to do it you know at the end of the day it's entertainment and you know what you want the fans to enjoy it exactly i mean like probably my best example i think again it was probably keith my the king <laughs> he said well how many rick flair matches have you seen i said well i've seen hundreds like probably thousands of rick flair matches yeah i try and go back and look at um, old territory stuff and all, all this kind of thing. He says, well, yeah. how, many, how many times did you see Vic Flair win? And that kind of like threw me off. Well, he lost to this guy, lost to this guy, lost to this guy. Yeah, yeah. Probably lost a lot more than he than he won. And even the ones that he did win, he cheated like how to. Oh, of course, yeah. Finish. It wasn't really a win as, we, as we'd know it. And he kind of, kind of it, yeah, like, like a penny dropped at that point. I was like, yeah, if Vic Flair can you, undoubtedly... He's in everyone's top three. I mean, people put him in top two, him and Shawn Michaels, but he's got to be in everybody's top three. Oh, he's definitely up there, yeah. Um, and if, if he's cool with losing, if he's good enough for Ric Flair, it's good enough for me. Absolutely, yeah, no. It's, like I say, at the end of the day, it's, it shouldn't be about the individual. It should be about you know the fans, really, and, 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 and where you want to go with, with the story. Yeah, for, the, for the greater good. 
Absolutely, yeah, great, good. I think that's a good way of putting it. So, um, so training wise, so uh, what year would it have been that you went to Andy Baker at RWA? Uh, probably would have been, I don't know, late 2014, 2015, sometime there. So you, you've been in the business here, you know, a good stint, getting on for what, coming up to a decade? Probably just under, yeah, something around that, yeah. So like, how's your sort of attitude changed in terms of, obviously I know you came into the business as a fan and obviously same path as everyone else, if you're in it for a long time, you start dropping the fan stuff off. Yeah, um, you start putting on the sort of worker worker hat. How's your attitude changed in terms of do you still get to shows and want to put rings up? Do you still first in, last out kind of deal? Oh no, of course. I, I think it's um, you know when when people sort of say paying my dues and you know all this kind of stuff. And one thing I'm probably gonna you know upset the apple cart now when I when I talk about this, but it's, it's something that I've noticed in the time that I've been wrestling that. I will go to, to, to shows early to help set up and stuff. And, you know, I'll say at the end to help break down the ring uh, and, and stuff. And and that's the way that we sort of been, been taught at RWA as well. So, you know, you, you get there early, you help out, you stay there till the end and, and get rid. Uh, but one thing I've noticed throughout the years and different places that I've travelled over the country wrestling is that the bigger stars, I don't want to name any names, but the bigger stars sort of tend to just get there wrestle and then then go and yes I understand they've probably been doing it for you know a little bit longer but the way that I see it is that we're all in it together you know we're we're all there to help each other out and you know I know it's not some people say it's not the wrestler's job to do the ring no it's not but like you're all in it together you all help each other out you you know and yeah I think that's that's one of my biggest things that I noticed throughout the years is that you know and there's a couple of guys that have have done it for a few years that I've tried to talk, talk to and stuff because, uh, you know, backstage, you know, it's nice to have a chat with each other and sort of, you know, mingle about and stuff. And yeah, I, I've tried to do it before, and a couple of guys sort of, that are, you know, well known uh, that won't give you the time of day to talk to you. And for me, I love sort of um, soaking up um, information from people that have done it, been in it for for longer and stuff, and. I want to get as much information as I can and any feedback and, you know, that kind of stuff to make myself better and to, to interact more. But there's a couple of guys that sort of just just wouldn't give the time of day that kind of made me feel, do you know what, you're a bit of a dick. Right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If there's, there's no need for it, you know, we're all here doing the same thing. We're all here getting paid to wrestle and, you know what I mean, there's no need to be a dick. And, yeah, there's there's a few of them around. But that's that's just my take <laughs> from from what I've picked up. But there's no yeah, need to, there's no yeah. need to be like it. I mean, I, I suppose. I mean, if you've been in this business uh, <clears throat> like long enough, you'll uh, kind of come across that there'll be there's nice people, there's there's really not nice people. Yeah. So, sometimes, um, and it, it doesn't necessarily fall into the longer you're there, the more jaded you are. Because I think some people, you just. <sighs> I'm trying. I'm trying to not chuck people's names under the bus I'm trying to be yeah. really, really careful at this point but I'd have thought that the longer people have been in this business the more JD they'd be with it and the more that they'd kind of take liberties but it doesn't necessarily fall into that category I mean like I said Keith Myatt's probably my best example oh yeah Keith, um, Keith, Keith's amazing I love Keith he's brilliant he, I mean he's 61 in uh, the start of July if, if I've got my sort of dates correct and he's been in the business for about what 40 years somewhere yeah. there or that and <laughs> 
he could quite within his right be such a dick if he wanted to be. Yeah. But he doesn't. He gives. He gives so much to this business, and you know, he definitely does. He doesn't have to. I mean, I'd never ask Keith to take the ring down. That's just not something um, I would do. But things in the back, like. If we've got some young guys on the roster that are either having like an early match, something like that, or I hate dark matches because that's just stupid. Yeah, but if, yeah like, like a, a match earlier on in the card and say, Keith, would you do me a favour? Would you just watch their match? Tell me what you see. So he's yeah. still kind of doing more than um, than he than he you know, just showing up in wrestling. But he wants to give you that feedback. He wants to always pay back. I mean, within the past no, does, year. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him dressed like Deidre Barlow at PCW. At PCW, yeah, yeah, I was there. He's dressed as, uh, dressed as Santa for an unstoppable wrestling show just before Christmas. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's a fantastic guy. And yeah, for being in this business for like 40 plus years, you can't ask for better than that. But on the flip side, you will get a couple of guys. Again, I'm not going to name names. I'd love to, but I'm just <laughs> not going to do it. They've been in this business two years and under. And they, the money that they're asking for is stupid. Yep. Uh, uh, I, I agree with you. And, and just going back on, on to Keith, you know, the first time I, I saw him properly, as, as in as a worker, was, was actually at your show when oh, you got okay. me on to, 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 wrestle, to, to wrestle him. Um, and then just, I mean, I spoke to him all before our match, all after our match, and then we sort of became good friends. He's been to my pub a couple of times. Yeah, and he's just honestly a downright gentleman, uh, and you know, for someone like me, that yes, I've been in the business for a few years. I'm not saying I'm I'm anything great, but the fact that I, I would I would sit and listen to to Keith and his stories, and you know, anything he's got to say all day long, because the man is just is is just he's just fantastic, and the the fact that he he puts that time in when, like you say, he doesn't have to, I, I think it's incredible. And it's a testament to him and, you know, obviously his longevity in the business. Yeah, he I mean, definitely, <laughs> there was a, a bit of info I got told sometimes that the, the nicest people in the world make the best bad guys and the real true dickheads and horrible people in the world make the best good guys. And he, <laughs> Keith trumps that. He doesn't, he doesn't fall into it. He's one of the nicest guys and he's one of the best good guys. He's, he's a great, great heel. But I think because he's at that age where, People love him so much. Yeah. Kind of gets difficult to boo. And Mick oh, no, Flair yeah. kind of fell into that. Mick Foley kind of fell into that. Which you get to a certain age and you're so loved, so respected. Uh, it's just a natural thing. You're like, oh, he's, he's saying bad stuff. But, but he's, 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 he's money. It's, like, oh, it's, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> so, um, so talking about matches. So have you got, say, maybe two or three matches in your head that not, not, won't necessarily have drawn the most money, drawn the most fans, but they even meant something to you that goes beyond money um, or in terms of just being a person that you overly respect and love. <coughs> You've got sort of two, three examples of matches. That yeah, I've got, I've got three, three, three sort of matches, matches that sort of stick out to me. Um, one of the, probably the most important ones to me was um, when my grandparents came and watched me wrestle for the first time. Um, that was that was pretty special. Uh, my granddad used to be a wrestler back in the day, so I used to uh, wrestle around with sort of the likes of Pat Roach and Giant Ace Stacks and all that as well. So that was it was pretty special to me. Um, so I, I was on a show down in Camberley, down south, and I, it was for uh, Tap Out Wrestling, 
and I wrestled a guy called Harry Sefton. Uh, but it was the first time, like I say, that my, my nan, my granddad was there, my auntie was there, my mum was there, uh, my best friend, my, my girlfriend at the time was there. And it was just really special for me. And the, the amount of nerves I had before that match was just, I was literally petrified because obviously, <laughs> you know, when, when your family's there, but like, I mean, my, my, my grandparents raised me from when I was a little boy. So obviously they're very, very special to me. So yeah. it's a massive, massive deal to, to, to do, do a good job and put on a good show for them. And yeah, so that's, that's definitely what, what up there with one of my favorites. Um, another one would be against uh, Lance Rivera, who I've always wanted to wrestle for a long, long time. Yeah, you've got to love Lance. He's got, <coughs> he's got the world at his feet. Talented, good-looking, and what is he, like 12, something like that? Yeah, something like that. I, honestly, <laughs> I, I wish I got into wrestling at his age, and, and yeah. I, I wish I sort of got my head to it like like he has now. Obviously, I'm a little bit too old now, but, um, but yeah, no, we had a match-up in, in Batley in Yorkshire, but the, our sort of... I was a face and he was a heel and I've been wanting to wrestle him for a long, long time. And we had, a, I don't know, 15, 20 minute match and it was so basic, but it was so good. So yeah, that, that's one of my favourite matches and he's a, he's a brilliant guy to, to wrestle. And one of my other ones, again, another RWA faithful was Rabid Riley. Oh uh, yeah. So, I mean, th- this was sort of very early on in my RWA career. We had a match um, in Witness. And this is, I think we were both sort of still fairly sort of green, but we were, you know, trying our best. And we just had this match and we, we told the story of like a, uh, a neck breaker. That, that was a story of a match, just doing neck breakers and telling the neck story. And it just, just flowed. And when you're in the ring with someone that you've, you've, you can just trust and you know that nothing's going to mess up. Yeah. And it just went so well. And yeah, I mean, Andy came up to us afterwards and said it was a brilliant, brilliant match, like match of the night. Uh, and so that would, to us, being sort of fairly newish into the business, that was very special. Um, yeah. So I've always said that if I get the chance again, I'd love to, to wrestle uh, Rabbit Riley again. Yeah, I mean, he's, um, he came down for me on one show. <coughs> just full of rumble just to get a look at him. Yeah. And again, the, the, the guy is just one of the most easygoing guys ever just nothing's, oh, is, too, yeah. nothing's too much trouble nothing's a stress you know, like i didn't i didn't uh, get a chance to ask you what your music was i picked you something is that cool said, yeah mate it's cool whatever yeah like you just very very, very chilled and you like he that. Is. And, yeah. and he actually reminds me of a younger version of me when i was sort of his age that's that's how i was um so he, yeah. he, he very much reminds me of me which is another reason why you know i, I quite like him <laughs> now you, you've got a bit grizzled over the years you've uh, yeah you've, you've yeah, got a bit saying. worn down <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> so if so if we're to kind of um summarize the how did the disciple character come around and how did you <coughs> go this is the route i'm going to go down because i think the character naturally lends itself to being a heel just yeah. from the, the the name alone yeah. the the music that you pick because i know you, you you come out to johnny cash Mark. johnny cash yep um, so how did you kind of put that combination together? Um, to, to be fair, I, I, I've been asked this before and it's, I, I, I don't really know is the honest answer. I, I was just sort of thinking one day and I've, I've always wanted to be a heel. I've never wanted to be a face. I'm just more comfortable being an arsehole, really. It's <laughs> the honest answer. I just like being a dick. Um, and so I've, I've never ever thought, of, of a, a face character 
I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about the first time I was face uh, in a bit. But um, so I didn't, I didn't really think about it too much. I was just thinking of names. I wanted something that, that sort of was a, a bit dark and was, that meant something. And um, I, I don't know what it was, but I just I was I, I think I remember watching some kind of angle on rest, uh, some wrestling. I can't even remember what wrestling was or what match it was, but I think they were just sort of taking a piss out of wrestling. Yeah, and I was like, wouldn't it be good if there was a character that had enough of all this silly wrestling that's going on, and that you know someone was you know that wanted to you know focus on on doing wrestling, and then I just thought the, the name originally. I think when I was first thinking about the character, the original name <laughs> the original name was going to be called the Dark Disciple. Uh, but being six foot one and pasty and ginger, I don't think the dark disciple <laughs> sort of really came in well. So I, I dropped the dark bit and I thought, oh, if I just say disciple. But then I thought, well, I can make it sort of a, a play on a religious character, but not be religious. So I could be like the disciple of professional wrestling. So then all these people that are, you know, taking the mick out of wrestling. And, and one thing that uh, one of the first feuds I had in RWA was against the arcade Crash and Glitch. So if you watch them, they're they're very silly. They'll they'll ride you like a pony and do silly stuff. And you know, so it's kind of like, right, I don't want none of that. This is serious. This is what I'm going to do. I'm hard hitting. I'm going to do this. Da 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 da. And that was it, really. I just wanted to, I don't know, just have this 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 character. But it never ever entered my mind to be a, a face at all. I always wanted to be a bad guy. My granddad was a bad guy, and like I say, I, I like being a bit of a dick to people so <laughs> um i mean there definitely is something to to being a bad guy it's very liberating you can say things that you wouldn't necessarily get away with in real life oh, yeah get your face kicked in if you said some of the stuff that uh, bad guys come out with um i think it's always good to try your hand at being a good guy just to see how you naturally yeah. deal with it because you don't necessarily have to be a vanilla <coughs> good guy like come on guys cheer along for me it makes you sound like something off play school yeah. Um, but it, it, they're definitely it's being a good guy is definitely more difficult. I mean, I get to kind of do it now being an uh, an announcer for Unstoppable Wrestling. So I've got to be a nice guy. I've got to slap a few hands. Got to take a few pictures and all this sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. that bad guyness will always creep in, and I can't help it. It it it, it, it just happens. Full, I mean, yeah, you fall one way or the other naturally. I think you just said it. Sometimes you're a bit of a piss taking bastard. Yeah. You're going to be a bad guy naturally. That's just one of them things. That's your your natural go to. Yeah. Um, and just being a good guy on on the uh, on shows announcing. I sat. I was uh, announced the last show did for Unstoppable Wrestling, middle of March. Announced the first match. Went and sat in the uh, in the audience for a little bit just while the match was on. And there's a couple of girls in front of me. Very good looking girls. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pick my words carefully just in case the missus is listening. And they were sat there eating hot dogs throughout the entire show. And they were both really very slender ladies, but they were kind of just sat eating hot dogs. Right. So as soon as the match had finished, I announced uh, announced the winners and get back in the ring. And rather than just saying nothing, I can't help it. It's like an overwhelming urge. So I kind of like punch yeah, it. Yeah. As a ladies, I just want to say. Thank you so much for keeping me entertained during that match. Very slowly eating hot dogs. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Thank you. And they, they both were bright red and I thought, oh, you're such an idiot. Such it an works, idiot. though. It works. <laughs> well, it kind of got people... I'm, I'm a good guy because I'm, I'm the announcer, yeah. but I'm still going to be cheeky. You haven't got to be so vanilla that it's boring. You no, can't no, be of course. Yeah. 
I think you can get away with it like that. I think sometimes people like a bit of a cheeky bad guy. The oh, Joker, yeah, of course they do, yeah. Loki from the Marvel films are probably two really good examples. They kind of yeah, want definitely, yeah. bad guy with a slight good edge to him. I, I think the way that I've always seen it is, um, you know, it, it's it's easy to make people hate you, but it's hard to make people like you. Like, yeah. for instance, I could just call you a dickhead now and then you, you, you could get up in arms. Whereas if I was trying to sort of be too nice to you and be like, oh, hi, Phil, come on, yeah, no. you'd be like, well, look at this arsehole, like, trying to, you know what I mean? So it, it's hard yeah. to, to like someone, but it's easy to hate someone. And that's why, you know, for me, it was always, I've always focused on sort of the heel character. But like you say, you know, I think you do have to have that um, experience of, you know, do, doing both, really. If you're a face, then it's, it's good to experience being a heel. And if you're a heel, it's good to experience being a face. You know, because you can go to anywhere in the country and then if, for whatever reason, like I did one night, which I'll come on to in a sec, is, uh, you know, if, if your character's always heel or face and they say, right, we need you to be face tonight when you've been doing heel, you're like, so you have to adapt and, you know, that, that's wrestling because you don't know what the audience is and you don't know how how it's going to play out. So, the, yeah, the story that uh, I, I wanted to mention is... Yep, go for it. <clears throat> so... I've been heel for, for for a couple of years at this time and literally done nothing else face-wise. It's all been heel. Uh, and I actually got booked at Wrestle Island because uh, one of their wrestlers had to drop out. So I was sort of like a last-minute replacement. And it was a triple threat match uh, between me, Terry Izzett, and... Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Drew... Drew Parker? Drew, Drew Parker, that's one, yeah. Um so yeah so we triple threat match uh so we started talking about a match as you do and then um they were like oh so yeah has a face you're gonna oh no 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 i'm, I'm not a face I'm, I'm a heel and then terry was like well i'm i've been heel since day one and then drew was like yeah they're just turning me heel now so we can't really have three heels so i said, oh well this is a bit of a conundrum what do we do <laughs> so I, w- I went to i went to the promoter and i had a chat with him i was like oh i've just just been talking to the boys about you like, oh shit yeah sorry yeah you're gonna be a face today and i was like right okay so i, li- I did literally had no idea i was gonna be face until about 20 minutes before the match and i was like but you've got my you've got my heel music i can't come out to that because it's very like obviously it's johnny cash you know it's very sort yeah. of uh, i said i can't use that as and he's like oh don't worry we'll find something we'll find something um so i was like, all right that's cool that's cool so we were talking talking about a match and then the next thing i know like uh drew and terry go out and then uh and then i'm, I'm literally behind the curtain and then it was one of the, one of the cheesy rock songs i can't even remember what it was now but it's some cheesy cheesy rock song that came on i was like oh i'm just gonna have to i'm gonna have to go <laughs> i'm just gonna have to go over the top for this because you know it so I just went for it and I went out and I was like, Way! and shaking everyone's hand and I was a bit too much. But yeah, it, you know, it was a good experience for me and, uh, you know, it sort of put me out of my comfort zone a bit because I'd never been faced before. Yeah. So I was just literally winging it all the way, really. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, it was good fun. And like, like you say, it's, it's good to experience the other side of it, if, if, you know, to take you out of your, your comfort zone a bit. Yeah, I mean, like... I mean, I started in this business 2007 as a manager, getting you know, dickhead in a suit. He was an easy fit. Promoter, four years, five years later, happy just doing those two. And then now I do more announcing and commentating than anything else. And yeah. commentating itself, commentators do not get enough credit. It is so difficult. Oh, yeah. 
I, I just thought, oh, I'll just talk about the matches. That's cool. That's fine. No, you've got to like pace it and got to get your tempo right. You've got to put, you've got to work with your partner. You, you've got to put them over, not yourself. Commentary. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you tried your hand at, um, say, refing, commentating, announcing? Have you done uh, other roles? Uh, I've tried, tried refing, yeah. Uh, and then the only time I've really tried any commentating, I went to WrestleMania 25. Um, and uh, I did the WrestleMania access and had a, a commentary thing there, and uh, that was my only experience of commentary, really. But, how how um, did you find it? Uh, no, it was, it was difficult because you know, uh, at the time, you sort of get I think you get into it as a fan of it a bit, and then you start to get lost because you kind of get excited and you talk about the match, and then you like you say, you're not you need to pace yourself. And um, but I think just on, on commentating, I think one of the, the, the best in the country is definitely Mark Adams. Yeah, um, I, I was yeah. watching the match that I had with Kozlov at uh, Oscar Mania, and it, uh, in that, I mean, I could just listen to, to Mark talking, and then he without watching the match, and then honestly, it's just it's just brilliant. He's definitely one of the best in the country. Yeah, there's there's no two ways about it. I mean, I've gone back and watched pro wrestling for you footage before he was part of the team because he didn't start with us until maybe two thousand and fourteen, perhaps. So he's right. been with us. A big, a large chunk, and um, it's very weird to go back and watch shows where we've got no commentary on because I can't imagine watching press and few products without TV Magic Mart talk about it. He's yeah, yeah, that ingrained into the product. He does have his um, little slip ups every now and again. I mean, he puts uh, an inch <laughs> on Dave Dalvecchio every time he talks about it. <laughs> <laughs> the first time we saw him, wow, oh, Dave Davecchio from Stoke on Trent, he's six foot two. And now he's like, Dave Davecchio from Stoke on Trent, he's six foot six. Like, oh, <laughs> well, what's going on, mate? What, what is going on? But, uh, That's yeah. cool, though. It's funny. Go and love him to bits. I like, yeah, there's no two ways about it. He is absolutely one of the best. Tells such yeah. a good story. He can work with absolutely anyone. And he made me sound good on commentary, which is <laughs> hats off to him because that, that, that's, not, that's not an easy thing to do. With regards to to pranks, I'm, I'm probably not sure. I mean, we had a we had a trip down to Alsmo's um, Wrestling Academy a couple of years ago, I think, and I think I went with um, I think it might have been the arcade and the Riley Boys were in my car. Yeah, and at the time the Riley Boys was, uh, I mean, they're only young now, but they were younger then, and I, we, <laughs> I, I'm fr- I'm from down south, so I can swear quite a bit, and I like to say the c word <laughs> quite a bit. Um, so I remember stopping to get some petrol and uh, I opened up the door and I didn't realise at the time that, that Freddie Riley was on the phone to his mum. And then <laughs> I opened the door, I was like, how's it going, you soppy cunt? And then they, the, the face, the, their faces just dropped in horror. And then Crash from the arcade just said to me, he's on the phone to his mum. And I just, uh, <laughs> I felt awful because I know that they're only young, they're not young boys, but... You know, they were 15, 16, I think, 16, 17. They were yeah. just on the phone to their mum, and then all of a sudden, this guy in the background shouting obscenities. And I was just, oh, I felt so, so bad. So, yeah, so I, 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 just, <laughs> I just swear a lot. And, I, I, you know, I say the, the C word quite a bit. And um, uh, I mean, one, one, one the road trip that I had with uh, Lance Rivera when we went down south for a tap out wrestling show uh, that I was on is uh, we, we did a, we, we just liked to mess around and, you know, to pass the time, we did like we did like a, an interview with Disciple, uh, interview with Lance Rivera, where I, I was a host. We recorded it in character. Um, so as I was driving down, I was asking Lance questions, and 
that that was pretty fun. I mean, that's some, something I've always loved to do on like a show, you know, like a segment where yeah, you know, we could do like disciples corner or something like that. Or yeah, like like, uh, like a piper's pit. Yeah, or, or like disciples VIP you know, room and all that. Something stuff. like that. Yeah, and it was just so much fun. And uh, we, the video is somewhere on Facebook. But yeah, it was so much fun. But the outtakes that we had of that, where we were just corpse in and where we were just laughing and making stupid jokes and you know in in, in pro wrestling you get some fans that probably get a bit too into it yeah um, there was a, a particular person that was very much into to lance and we <laughs> just i just kept ribbing him for it um and yeah it was, it was I, i'll have to tell you the story off 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 uh, video record but yeah, no, it's 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 really funny. So the video is out there somewhere. So definitely go and have a for that. I mean, like all due respect to Lance, he's a good looking dude. <laughs> like, there's no two ways about it. He's, he's a good looking guy. He's got his. You know, how old is he now? Nineteen, I think. Nineteen, twenty, something like that. That's crazy. That is, and he's he's a good looking guy. He's nearly always tanned. Uh, he's in very good shape. He's got he's got fantastic hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best hair um, pro wrestling. So I heard. Did, did he did he win this did he win the award or did he lose it? I can't remember. I don't know. I think I think it's just is it an award that he's given to himself. Yeah, I mean <laughs> to be fair, like, it's yeah, it's it's founded quite well. He's got really, really good hair. I can't fault him. So he's gonna get those kind of fans that might look at him in a certain light. Again, I'm trying to pick my words very, very carefully right now. Uh, I think the, 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 the um, since we're talking about Lance, I think the pairing of Lance and Casey Rose is something that I loved. I, I love it so much. I think that they work so well together. They really do, yeah. Really, um, really and, and it's not just me that thinks that they're a couple. I mean, I got asked numerous, numerous times <laughs> about if they're a couple or not. And Stacey's about, what, 10 years older than him? Maybe yeah, a bit more. Probably something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If... if like they even they convinced me. I'm sat there watching the show. I was from um, February this year, and we saw them at Oscar Mania the uh, few months prior. Yeah, and even I wasn't certain. <laughs> and I, I kind of like know them a little bit, and I talked to them a little bit, and both of them are going to be on this podcast uh, at some point or another. And right. I thought I, I really don't know. If I had to put a wager on that relationship, I honestly don't know what I would pick. It's very very confusing, but. <laughs> Is that not the mark of a really good performer to blur the lines and make people unsure? I would say so. Yeah, definitely, definitely, so. definitely. <laughs> right, so when we've got to the point in a snap where <laughs> I'm going to ask you some roundtable questions. Now, I've got a big list here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick some out for you. Now, these tend to divide people that, that are kind of like going to be okay. asked them. So they might be kind of based on Dark Side of the Ring kind of stories and kind of things like this. Ryan might did kind of chuck a curveball at me uh, the other day when I was speaking to him. I asked him about who screwed Bret Hart and he thinks it's all a work. So okay. uh, didn't see that one coming, but, you know, it is what it is. So I'm going to chuck a couple of these out at you and okay. uh, just to see how you can like fare with me. So you ready for these? Go for it. Okay, so should WWE have cancelled or, or stopped, postponed, call it whatever you want to call it, the Over the Edge 99 pay-per-view after Owen Hart? Obviously, uh, what, what had happened to Owen, he did fall from the ceiling. It was kind of in the middle of the card. Whether he's with, with someone on the part of the team or whether he's on his own, 
Yeah, can't yeah, say no, he's brilliant, by Mark. I mean, I hope Mark does listen to these podcasts once, once we upload them and just know that everyone thinks the absolute world of him because they do. Yes, absolutely do. So, right, so we're gonna, we are going to have to get on to, because so you mentioned, um, obviously, you've wrestled in different places. Yeah. Where, would, where would you say, have you had any really bad experiences, either with a crowd, with a promoter, with someone in the back? Has is, is there been a situation or a moment or someone <laughs> that was either me- meant to have... <laughs> I know some, something's come up in your head, so I, I definitely you've got one there, but yeah, it was someone's even not paid you and run off. Has got its good and its bad. I mean, the dark side of the ring show at the minute is kind of showing a lot of the bad stuff. And yeah, has anything like that ever happened to you that you've gone? It's either made you think twice about being in the business, or has it made you think twice about knocking someone out? Um, I'm not going to mention any names. Um, but when I I wanted to get more bookings, and when I was getting more bookings around the country, um, I'll be contacting people further afield to try and get my name out there and stuff. Um, and I think a lot of aspiring wrestlers um, that want to, to get their name out there and want to do more, I think um, some promoters will try and uh, exploit them uh, to an extent that they won't pay them and they'll give them a trial. Uh, that's what I did for a bit. Uh, and looking back now, I was probably silly to you know, put my body on the line for free and go around the country. But for, I just wanted exposure and I wanted to get myself out there. Um, but we had, I managed to get a couple of us a booking down in Cornwall, I think it was. Um, myself, Matt Fox and Craig West. Yeah. Um, so I was messaging the promoter and he said, if you can bring a few, couple of boys down, then uh, you know we can get something sorted for you. So the three of us went down, travelled down to Cornwall. Uh, we stayed in like this little, uh, actually really nice, like, uh, holiday home thing. It was, it was lovely. Went to the show, a bit unorganised and trying to get everything set up. And then I was actually going to be wrestling the promoter. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I was. I like to know what's happening, and I sort of like to sort of get my head around what what's going to happen in a match or just a, a basic idea. So I was trying to, and, and I know promoters on the day of the show, are extremely busy, extremely stressed out. They've got so much to do. Da, 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 da. So I, I know it would have been tough, but I didn't speak to him until literally like five minutes before we went out for our match. Wow. Um, and yes, I know that, you know, it's, it's good to be able to work on the fly and this, that and the other. Um, but there needs to be sort of some level of communication. Um, so the match didn't go that well. I mean, he he said that he was a trainer for his school, but then he put he's kept working my right arm instead of working to the left all the time. Ah. And, uh, so it's it sort of then it rocked me because you know I've always been sort of taught you know well in in British wrestling you work to the left or so work left arm work the left left leg and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so then when he, he he got me in an arm bar, I was like go to my right arm, uh, go to my left arm go to my left arm, and he couldn't hear me, so I sort of like just pulled my arm out and then kind of like gave him my left arm um but i just felt it was a bit of a shit show and then uh i spoke to to craig and matt afterwards and you know it was i was just i told him what happened and then you know but other than that though i mean we didn't really sort of speak to them again and they didn't didn't want us and 
it was a bit disappointing that we went down that far and we paid I mean, out. That, 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 is, that is a daunting <coughs> down to Cornwall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was a great road trip. We had a laugh, uh, you know, going, what, six hours down there or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the fact that we didn't get anything for it, you know, we, 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 we drove down there. Like I said, we paid for a hotel and, Ouch. you know, so it was a bit, uh, that was just, I just thought that was a bit shitty. And for someone that's supposed to have been in the business for quite a while, uh, just to give them a little something would have been nice, you know. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. Just just a little tip, just a little something. If you know what, we can't really afford all that much. We did say we'd be for nothing, but here's a little something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I, I think that's you know one of the things. And like, like I say to any any aspiring pro wrestlers, you know, I personally now wouldn't work anywhere for free. I understand if people want to get in the business, but at least. You know, if you're trying to get into the business, don't let anyone try and take the piss out of you because they they will try it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think there's um, the, the the art of haggling is is definitely still um, still out there. You know, promoter. Uh, I, I make no bones about it. If I ask someone <coughs> their their fee, and I've got a rough figure in mind, if they can like match that fee, I'm like, okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, if they go quite a bit above what I was thinking, I'm ju- I'm just prefer to be honest and say okay this is what i can afford for this spot at this point on this show because every show has got a budget oh, of course, um, yeah. and you know it is what it is um like you say look i can i can get to this point so it's up to you i'm giving you the option i'm not saying yes or no i'm giving it to them if you can yeah. if you can do it brilliant thank you so much if you can't that's okay everyone's got bills everyone's you've got got to put your meat and uh, whatever on the table that's perfectly fine yeah, I think yeah, a little bit of haggling that's a little bit of haggling goes a long way I think oh yeah I mean I understand that you know promoters have to to, to make money at the end of the day it's a business isn't it you know you run on the business so you have to make money so I understand that but then there are some promoters out there that will just outright take the piss out of out of wrestlers and especially newer wrestlers getting into the business that that want to get that experience, you know, take advantage of them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, to, to a point, this, this is probably going to sound bad, I, I get the idea behind teaching people that it's a difficult business and you should learn the hard way. I get it. I think you have got to tread that fine line. Mm. Of, you, I don't want to put you out sounding like an arsehole. But, like, if... If someone's working their arse off for me, I'll still, even if they don't necessarily get money, I want to invest time and effort into them. So even if yeah. we agree that there's no money going each way, I say, look, okay, uh, here's my number. We're going we're gonna to speak tomorrow. Like, I've got an idea for you. I've got a place for you. It's a future show. I've got a this or that or the other. It's a little thank you. But to just go, yeah, cheers. See you later. Yeah, yeah, that's a bar. So I think we've all had uh, one of those. It's you know, one point or another. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you did mention road trips. Obviously, the jaunt down to Cornwall's a yeah. jaunt. Enough. Um, you are kind of known as being, despite your character being, I think grumpy is probably the best adjective. Yeah, uh, kind of old before his time, bit of a grump, that kind of thing. Yeah. But you are known as being a bloody nice guy. I mean, Keith Myatt speaks uh, extremely highly of you and pretty much everyone that's met you at Press and Few said, you know what, he's a really nice guy. 
you know, so Fair there was enough. quite a bit of a there was a bit of a difference between your character and what you yeah, are yeah. naturally. But in terms of shenanigans on the road, pranks, pranks backstage, have you got any that you're willing to either admit to or share with us that you've either pulled, or if you've not really pulled any, any that you've seen? I don't, what, I don't think they would you have done if you were Vince. I, I think they've done the right thing. I think they uh, they had to carry the show on. I don't think they could have just stopped it there. I think they could have maybe waited to announce his death towards the end of the show. Um, but definitely, I think that they uh, they did the right thing in carrying on with the show. Let's, let's be honest. There's no there's no win in that. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's smack bang in the middle of a pay per view. If they'd have, if they'd have taken the pay per view off the air, they'd have had uh, like an hour and a half airtime that they'd paid for that they wouldn't be able yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. They've got. They'd have to reimburse every member of that audience, which could have been you know, a million dollars in revenue. And again, obviously, I know money is not the be all and end all. No, it's not. It, it, it is a difficult decision, isn't it? I mean, it's. You know, when you say try and put yourself in that situation, I mean, what what would you do? And it is it is difficult, and you know, it is divided. Some people would, some people wouldn't. But yeah, I mean, it was a horror. I, I remember uh, watching it actually uh, at the time. I was I was only I think I was nine at the time that it happened. So yeah, I, I remember. Just made it. me well, feel I, like really old. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not much older than me, are you? I'm 36 in a couple of weeks. Oh, only four years. It's not bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Like, I, I mean, it's it, it's just one of those that it must have been a horrible, horrible situation to be in, anyway. But then you got to think that I don't know. It, it's just a difficult thing. But yeah, I, I think he did the right thing in carrying on the show. Yeah, I mean, obviously nowhere near in comparison the same kind of thing. But we had somebody chuck a, a pine glass at the wrestlers during our show in November. I think just I don't know. I think their their bodies are so used to it anyway for doing it so long over the years anyway. I mean, look at the Rock. He 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 went away for so many years and then he came back and yes, he had a bit of training beforehand. But you know, once you've been doing it for so long, I think your body naturally is just just used to it anyway. Yeah, it, 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 it's got to be so. We're all right, third and final question in this little uh, segments. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to ask you: Should steroids be banned in pro wrestling? Because there's comments backwards and forwards for this one. The for it and against it. That hmm. it's not it's not a sport, so it should be okay. So if you look uh, at your guys like what Brian, what's his name, Brian Cage from TNA. Yeah, I'm gonna make an assumption now. He's kind of he's he's got to be on something. That I mean, there's John Cena big, and then there's this guy that's. Ultra big. I mean, it's to, to a point of joke about it, you know. There's, there's, I think there's still there is a few wrestlers now that could potentially be using something. It's, it's a difficult question. It's a, it it's is a very difficult. difficult question. Personally, I, I don't even know what to say. Personally, <laughs> I, I, th- I think, um, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, it's not a sport, so should it be okay? I think if done moderately and not abused, absolutely. Uh, okay, I, I thought you were going to go a completely different route with this. I'm not going to lie to you, but that's okay. I'd, I'd say yeah, I think that's a sensible option because I'll, I'll be open and honest. I do know people that have that have been on it and come off it. I know people yeah. that are on it permanently. Uh, obviously, I know you need a little a couple of week breaks and whatever. And yeah. I think the 
the attitude towards it is, oh, anyone that takes steroids, they're going to be, uh, they're going to have roid rage, and that's just not. Yeah. With a lot of people, roid rage doesn't affect all that many people. No. Uh, I, I think that's only when it's it's being abused anyway. When when you know when the the the, the when steroids are being abused, I think that's when the whole roid rage comes in. Where but if they're being used in moderation, and I don't think yeah, I don't think it. Uh, would be that bad. I don't know. Maybe we should stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot more legal <clears throat> that I've seen wrestlers, unfortunately, uh, die early. Yeah. Um, than than illegal drugs. So that that's kind of like the my question whenever steroids gets brought up. And yeah, you've been around wrestling and you've been a fan long enough. The steroids question will always come up. Oh yeah. And you just think, well, you get to know about all these other things like somas and sleeping tablets and this and that and the other. You think, well, there's a lot there legally that seems to be a lot worse that people get addicted oh, to. Oh, yeah. So it is, people, yeah. People just sort of tend to focus on just on, on the steroids, don't they? So it's. Yeah, I mean, steroids themselves are wonder drugs. People with uh, things like HIV and things like this use steroids. Steroid, yet, steroid creams, the word yep. steroids is a dirty word when it really shouldn't be. In, in oh, my I own agree, opinion, yeah, yeah I agree. Ah, right. So that, that's our roundtable questions done. Now, this is—I did say before that this is the bit that tripped Ryan Myatt up. I chucked a couple of names in here that he didn't think I was going to ask. Uh, <laughs> now we're not on about burying people. That's just—that's not what we. It's not what we do. But I'm going to chuck a few names at you. There'll be some WWE guys, some AEW guys, some uh, Press and Few guys, some uh, RWA guys. Okay. I'm going to give you their name, and you just need to give us the first words that come to mind when you hear this person. So, are right, you ready to start? Let's go. Babyface Pitbull. Suplex. <laughs> yep. If anyone that's ever been suplexed by Pitbull, that will most likely be your first words that kind of come to mind. <laughs> uh, Ric Flair. Woo! Lance Rivera. Playboy Prince. <laughs> Keith Myatt. Legend. Shawn Michaels, the best. Stacy Rose, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> In a nice way, she knows. She knows I love her. Yeah, I mean, she, she is very much Sherry Martel of 2020. Yeah. I can't, I can't not see her and think of Sherry Martel. Exactly the same, especially with Lance Rivera. the whole Macho Man Sherry Martel. Yeah, it's it, it's beautiful. I love watching Stacy. Stacy, she is going to be on this pod, uh, podcast. Uh, Within the next week or so, she's. I look uh, forward to that. And see what she says about me. <laughs> she'll be an unsung hero with uh, a professional wrestling. Uh, Johnny Storm, legend. Giant Haystacks, beast. William Regal, ambassador. Matt Fox, unsung hero. Uh, yeah, I'll agree on that. Ryan Myatt, clever. Oh, okay. I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying that he isn't. I'm just, I didn't expect that answer, but that's fine. He's going to absolutely love you for this. You do realise that. Uh, the bevy weight himself, Drill. Pies. Chris Benoit. Wolverine. Mark Morgan. Quads. Last but not least, Andy Baker. Boss. Uh, okay, okay. Was, was that a bit of a difficult one? Are you like torn between a good few words for him? I was trying to think of a, a good word to, de- to describe Andy. But yeah, boss is a uh, boss as in scouts term and boss as in leader. Yeah. He's, he's very quiet. Whenever I've met him, I always found him like to be quieter than what I assumed he was going to be. 
Yeah, I, I think yeah, he he can be. I think um, very much in in a way to sort of me in a way when it comes to sort of people if you if you if you don't quite know them, uh, sort of a bit a bit reserved and a bit not shy, but you know just a bit sort of a bit a bit reserved, really. I mean, I suppose anyone in comparison to me is going to be a bit quiet anyway. And to be fair, when I met her, <laughs> I was with uh, the ex-girlfriend, Leanne. So she can be a bit intimidating. I don't think she'll mind me saying that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leanne, we've kind of put you over on the podcast. She'll, she'll yeah, never yeah. listen to this. It's fine. She, she doesn't want to listen to me for two hours, does she? She had that for long enough. <laughs> yeah. help her. Right, Dave, we've, we have come to the end of the podcast. Yes. Is there, any, is there anything that you want to say to your fans and, and uh, do you want to get your sort of, uh, do you want to promote your social media channels? Uh, yeah, check me out on uh, Instagram, Dave Appleton underscore Disciple. Uh, I'm on Twitter at BTP underscore Disciple and I'm Facebook Disciple Wrestling. Uh, obviously, it's a bit hard at the minute because not much is going on because of the situation we're in, but keep an eye out. Uh, again, this year I want to try and get out as much as I can into wrestling. And the last couple of years have been a bit quiet for me, so I want to get out there a little bit more. So uh, yeah, just keep looking and uh, yeah, just give me a shout. Fantastic. Well, uh, Dave, it has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad. I say, are you? Uh, you're my second on my list after Ryan Might. I thought you're going to be a person that's seeing things that other people want to see and you've experienced things that other people haven't experienced i appreciate it thank you so you've got you've i've seen you've got a loyalty to you that you don't necessarily see all that i don't want to say you don't see it all that much in wrestling but how you've been this long in the business and you're still being the fit one you won the first in you've been one of the last out still taking rings down I think that kind of shows what you're made of, and I think that's why I wanted to to speak to you and have you be within the first uh, couple of podcasts we did. Oh, it means a lot. Thank you very much. So, uh, Dave, thank you so much. Cheers, Phil. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling For You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.